This is episode 652 of the AWS podcast, released on February 12th, 2024. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AWS podcast. I'm Lee here with you. Great to have you back. Happy 2024. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Gillian Ford. G'day, Gillian. How are you doing? Simon, it's great to have you back. I felt lost doing the updates <laughs> without you. You were doing all the heavy lifting while I was on leave, but, uh, you know, all leave must end, unfortunately, and it has ended. <laughs> well, I can speak for me and I think for all of our listeners that we are just like so excited that you are back leading our update shows, being one of our extraordinary hosts. Thank you very much. Yeah, too kind, too kind. Well, let's get into those updates because there's a few to get through. Let's start on the Adibus Marketplace. Now, the Adibus Marketplace has launched self-service listing workflows for Adibus Marketplace sellers to publish their container software in the EKS console. So this is really interesting because this is a new self-service workflow which you can get access to through the portal or the API. And it means you can submit your container software to be displayed in the EKS console for customers to discover, purchase, and deploy. Now, this makes it really easy to just get going and use things as a customer, but also as a seller, it gives you a new way to get your particular capabilities in front of your customers. Now is analytics, where we only have one update on this one, which is unusual, but a really juicy one. So we are announcing Amazon Q data integration in AWS Glue, which is in preview. So Amazon Q for AWS Glue, this enables you to build data integration jobs using natural language. Amazon Q is your AWS expert that transforms the way you build, optimize, and operate applications and workloads on AWS. I did a really fun episode on Amazon Q, so if you missed it, you should scroll back in the podcast feed and check out all things Amazon Q, but learn more about Amazon Q. So with Q data integration, you can author jobs, you can troubleshoot issues, and get instant answers to data integrations for Glue. And this is powered by Amazon Bedrock. Amazon Q data integration, it generates relevant results and automates job authoring, reducing the need to build data integration jobs in AWS Glue. Now on to application integration. So Amazon EventBridge event bus event matching now runs on open source event ruler version 1.5. So Amazon EventBridge open source event ruler 1.5, this enables advanced filtering capabilities such as combining anything but filtering and equals ignore case filtering. So one example is you can now match against values that end with a specific file type, such as a PNG or a JPEG. You can also combine prefix filtering and suffix filtering with equals ignore case filtering. You could also do not ignores as well. So you can say if it doesn't end with like a PNG or a JPEG, ignore it. So, you know, or don't ignore it. Yeah. So many mix and match it. You know, once you get into the world of rules, <laughs> you have to become a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a quick update on the topic of blockchain. Amazon Managed Blockchain Query now provides access to non-finalized blockchain data. So this means if you've got an application that needs to quickly respond to the most recent events on the blockchain, it can, including events from internal transactions. So this gives you that instant access to blockchain events once they're confirmed on the blockchain, even if they're not finalized. So for example, a wallet custody provider or gaming application developer can use the new API to learn about non-finalized transactions 
and then notify users of incoming funds or tokens as soon as the transactions are confirmed on the blockchain. So if you're a blockchain type person, this is probably handy. Now on to compute. So AWS announces the general availability of Windows support for Finch, which is an open source command line tool that allows developers to build, run, and publish Linux containers on Windows and Mac OS. Finch simplifies container development by bundling a minimal native client with a curated selection of open source components, allowing developers to build and manage containers without the hassle of managing intricate details. Amazon EC2 capacity blocks for machine learning expands to P4D instances. Now, that one's a really exciting one for a lot of the GPU lovers out there. And next is Amazon EC2 added new price protection for attribute-based instance selection. So EC2 auto-scaling at EC2 fleet customers who use attribute-based instance type selection can define their spot instance's price protection limit as a percentage of an instance's on-demand price. With this new mechanism, customers have greater control over the instance types that are launched by EC2 fleet or EC2 auto-scaling, while also maximizing the benefit of spot's lower prices. It's been a while since we've reminded folks, if you're not using Spot and you can use Spot, please use Spot. (laughs) It's all kinds of good. It's all kinds of good. On to the topic of customer engagement. Amazon Connect Cases now provides audit history on cases. So this is a chronological record showing which users worked on the case and what changes they made. Now, with this launch, contact center agents and managers can more easily review the case history for improved collaboration quality assurance and compliance, such as showing that a case was handled according to standard operating procedures. So this is a nifty little change. Now onto databases. Amazon Aurora Postgres Compatible Edition now supports Postgres Major version 16. Amazon RDS 4DB2 now supports EBCDIC collation sequence. Wow, which you might be wondering, <laughs> what is that? So that stands for Extended Binary Coded Decimal Interchange Code Collation Sequence. Remember that. It's going to be a quiz. Well, the, the nice thing is this, because I'm old, is that I actually used to use mainframes all the time as my main job. And the way, at least in Australia, we say this is EBCDIC is the way we actually use this name. It is a different way of collating and encoding. So if you think about ASCII as one way, there's EBCDIC. I remember when I was young and foolish, we'd often tease people who we considered quote unquote old, which of course I am now, as being an EBCDIC. So there you go. There You can use that as a verb. I love it. I think we need like a history lesson. Or an adverb or an adjective. Yeah. (laughs) No, you don't want a history lesson. You do. But let's talk about modern stuff. Let's talk about the topic of machine learning. Amazon recognition has added new moderation labels and improves accuracy of content moderation for images. So this allows you to have a new capability to identify animated and illustrated content, which I think is really interesting. It's quite a challenging domain, so it's interesting to see this update happen. This is really useful for content moderation in relation to brand reputation and safer user communities. The improved model adds 26 new moderation labels and expands the moderation label taxonomy from a two-tier to a three-tier label category. And this allows you to detect fine-grained concepts on the content that you want to moderate. 
And also Amazon Monotron has enabled static IP for gateway network configuration. And this can be a really useful thing if you need to have a allow list of, of uh, particular um, items through your firewall. You can now do this without having to provide a whole subdomain access. You can actually just do static IPs and configure it that way. Now onto management and governance. AWS Control Tower receives the Department of Defense Cloud Computing Security Requirements Guide Impact Levels 4 and 5 in the AWS GovCloud regions. AWS announces support for logging AWS app config data events in AWS CloudTrail. Amazon DataZone now supports AWS CloudFormation and HIPAA eligibility. So Amazon DataZone is a data management service to catalog, discover, and analyze, share, and govern data at scale across organizational boundaries with governance and access controls. It provides data visibility and helps data producers and consumers across business units more securely share data. Let's talk about the topic of media services. Amazon IVS now supports playback restriction policy. So this is the Amazon Interactive Video Service, and you can now enable cross-origin resource sharing, cause response headers, and geo-blocking for your IVS channels without having to implement token authorization. And so you can use playback restriction policies to restrict access to your low-latency streaming videos. With cause headers, you configure which origins an application can access your live streams from, and this feature can be used to prevent the unauthorized embedding of your live streams in third-party websites. Additionally, geo-blocking lets you limit viewership to specific countries to help you ensure your live streams are only seen by your intended audience. Now, we've got one quick update on networking. We are updating the AWS free tier for EC2 to include 750 hours of public IPv4 address usage per month. Yes, the move from IP4 to IPv6 continues <laughs> and we continue on. Let's talk about security, identity and compliance. Amazon Cognito has added signing encryption and identity provider initiated SSO for SAML Federation. So now you can use Amazon Cognito user pools to send signed SAML authentication requests, require encrypted responses from a SAML identity provider and use identity provided initiated single sign-on for SAML Federation. Sounds very important. Solutions. One quick update here. Research and Engineering Studio on AWS 2024.01 is now generally available. So this new release adds support for RES deployments in private subnets. So Research and Engineering Studio, that's what RES stands for. And it also reduces the cost of idle installations and enables better user management, among other features. With this release, Research and Engineering Studio is also available in four additional AWS regions. Research and Engineering Studio on AWS is an open source, easy to use, web-based portal for administrators to create and manage secure cloud-based research and engineering environments. Nice. And our final topic today is storage in Amazon FSx for Open ZFS now supports up to 400,000 IOPS. I just love the numbers we get to talk about these days. Now, if you've not come across Amazon FSx for Open ZFS, it's a service that provides a fully managed file storage capability powered by the popular Open ZFS file system. And this gives you an additional 14% high levels of IOPS at no additional cost. So it's my favorite change where we have increased performance 
and no cost. So this lets you improve your price performance for IOPS intensive workloads like Oracle databases and optimize costs for workloads like periodic reporting jobs that have really spiky IOPS type stuff. So the higher IOPS performance is available now for all new single AZ2 or multi-AZ file systems in the US East Ohio, North Virginia, US West Oregon, Europe Island, Frankfurt, and Asia Pacific, Tokyo, Singapore, and Sydney regions. So that's it for today. Gillian, how do folks reach out to you to get in touch if they want to ask questions, get some more information? Miss Jill Ford on X, and we do have a landing page with a big button to ask for people. That's true. There is an enormous button. <laughs> and if you click that button, stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't like clicking buttons or using these newfangled social media things, you can just send an email to awspodcast at amazon.com because we always like to get that feedback and we do listen to it. And of course, until next time, keep on building.